What up, Buzz? You tapped in? Okay, Goose, you tapped in too? All right, Chicago, y'all tapped in? All right, boys, let's crack them. Feel like Mike in the fourth with the ball in my hands and I'm taking a shot. I'm the king in the madhouse on Madison, whether I make it or not. Now the crowd going crazy, they watching the play and I'm watching the clock. Got my shot in the air and the buzzer go off and I'm watching it drop. This team did things, MJ shot city six rings. D-Rose too big, too fast, too strong history. And we good on that, put Jilla on the track and we good on whack. Three, two, one, everybody say bulls on tap. Bulls on tap, our city pretty and gritty. Benny the bull in the crowd getting hyper and litty. Me, I'm so drippy and slippery, nothing offends me. Banners on banners, we winners. We got the stats in the news. Go and subscribe, hang out with Buzzy and Goose. Tapping with us, we the truth. Jilla just murdered the booth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz. I'm joined by my dude Goose, aka Bulls Scripted. And we're here to talk Chicago Bulls basketball because it's been about a week since we have done that because I went to Disney World. I apologize. I brought the computer. I had every intention on doing episodes. It just didn't work out in the way that I thought it would. Before we get into this one, be sure going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap, at on Tap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted, me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. If you are a betting person, go to betrivers.com, use promo code on tap. They will match up to $250 of your first deposit. So if you deposit $250, they will too. That's $500 in your pocket. That's a gift from Goose to you, really. He did that just for you. So you go to betrivers.com, promo code on tap. They will match up to $250 of your first deposit. If you are watching on Facebook or Twitter, please go over to YouTube, subscribe to the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube channel, and hop in the comments section with us so we can bullshit about Bulls basketball. Now that that mouthful is over, I missed you, my man. I missed you. I missed you too, and I, I'm very glad to see your beautiful face after almost a full week here. I am a little disappointed that I didn't get to record from the Mermaid Room by association, um, but given how late some of those games ran, uh, that Clippers game into overtime, and then just the fact that we really didn't want to talk about the Miami game uh, <laughs> right after the fact anyway, because probably would have got a little bit of Joe Cowley-esque um, comments coming out of my mouth. Uh, oh, my God. There. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't a good feeling. Um, no, and, and unfortunately, the the Bulls did what everybody hates to see happen, and that was prove Joe Cowley correct that um, Bulls aren't on the same page as the Heat. And Billy Donovan said as much after the game. So, yeah, so I, I do want to touch on the Little Mermaid room thing. Ron Luce, love you, buddy, love you very much, and uh, I agree with you. That was something, not a good something. If you guys want to uh, see Ron Luce's beautiful face, he will be going live around seven o'clock with Cubs on tap tonight. So um, we are live here on Twitter right now. Facebook. Wait, you just gave a Cubs plug? I got Ooh. to. Ron's my guy. I would, die for, I, I would die for Ron Luce. You're a Cubs guy, too. I, die, I, I love I, You've I, never I, given I, me a Cubs plug. <laughs> that's very and – and I won't. I know. <laughs> so, I know. But, I'm surprised um, you didn't, like – I, I, I threw up a little in the mouth. I oh, did. okay. You did a really good but, job. Hey, Ron's okay. still my guy, and I got to plug my guy. I got to plug our brand that we built uh, for the, these years together. So, yes, if you're a Cub fan, check out Cubs on Tap tonight. But, yeah, so the Little Mermaid room was um, different than I expected. And what I mean by that is when I got the girls to bed, um, there was nowhere to record unless I went outside and we were next to a pool. 
So it was like loud and I couldn't record in the hotel room unless I went in like the bathroom because it was just very, wasn't very spacious is what I'm getting at. It was not very spacious in there. So it um, was the little mermaid. room. It really was a little mermaid room. Um, yeah. They, they, um, a nice room, just not a ton of room though. That, that was the problem. And they gave us two double beds, the, 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 the beds that like the big beds, they were not there. So basically what I did was I rearranged the whole hotel room and made a mega bed. And that was, yeah. So again, there was like nowhere to record to be able to get to this, but I was able to watch the games, which was nice. Uh, there was only um, the LA game. I saw the whole thing, the Miami game. I got in there in the second quarters when we made it back from the Magic Kingdom. So that was kind of in and out, getting the kids ready because they were melting because, you know, obviously a long day. But I want to get into into the LA game for sure because I know we missed it. And I, this isn't a post game. This is just us talking. The fact that they won that, I was, I, I'm stoked on that. Still, I'm sorry they they fucking played hard. I know a lot of people are dogging them because LA is not up to full strength. Neither are we, Buzz. I know, but still, you know, like they they really fought hard to come back and get that victory. And I gotta give credit where credits due there. No, they didn't lose the fight despite the fact that that game felt like it was out of reach in the fourth. There, uh, we did not see Paul George in overtime. I believe the Clippers were on the first game of a back-to-back. Um, so, obviously, advantage Bulls there. But after he fouled DeMar on that final possession, we did not see Paul George again. Um, and that that was a comeback for the ages. I mean, that, that had me back in the uh, rose-tinted glasses stage of my Bulls fandom for uh, about an hour there. You know, yeah. DeMar drops a 50-piece, come out in overtime, uh, took that pretty handily. Uh, looks solid after we woke up and decided to to play the game there. And you just – we never woke up in the Miami game. Can I ask you, do you think that was DeMar's best game of the season? I know we've had a ton of fun ones with him. I mean, this was a this was a season high, 50 points for him, uh, scoring-wise, season high, right? Super efficient. I know Chai Sports fans not here to make fun of me, but he was super efficient um, with his shots. Uh, only missed one free throw, 17 for 26 from the field. Two for, biggest two free for, throw of the night. Uh, right? No shit. <laughs> Um, but I mean, as I watched him do what he was doing, I kind of couldn't believe it was happening because we, our last episode, we talked about how that magic kind of faded a little bit of not the heroics because you know, DeMar can still hit the shots, but I guess the game takeover, right? Cause we have, we've missed that for about the better part of three weeks. We were just talking about how tired he was, how he had that game off and, you know, this is kind of expected at his age, playing 40-plus minutes a game, doing what he was doing to hit that wall. Um, and then we got another flash of it in that L.A. game, and it carried us home. He really stole us a victory. Does that give you hope going into the playoffs that he could pull that out of the bag, or does that make you nervous that it's like, man, this can come and go? This can, this might not be a every-game type of thing. I mean, obviously, we go into the Miami game. We could talk about that in a little bit, but those tricks are still up his sleeve, right? Yeah, I mean, I think – don't, don't mean to be a fence sitter here, but it it's a little bit of both. It, it yeah. gives you hope that he can steal you a game um, because his style of game when he is on is that much more efficient than uh, somebody who relies on the three-point shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw that with Milwaukee last year with Middleton and Giannis, that mid-range and in-game being so consistent is really what gave them a leg up. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that in our back pocket and – if Zoe actually comes back, which at this point uh, we're supposed to get an update tomorrow from what you were telling me before we hopped on here, um, 
but I don't know how much we can bank on that. If you have both of them, you feel really confident. Um, if you just have DeMar, I feel more so like maybe steal a game or two. I'm not really too confident in a series win right now at this point, uh, at least not without knowing the status is up. Right, yeah, and and that's it's interesting you bring that up because I was just getting his the, everything pulled up on Zoe here. Uh, he drew major praise for Magic Johnson. I don't know if you saw that. We have an article over on tapsportsnet.com filling you all in on that if you want to check it out. Um, but Magic Johnson said he's one of the best defensive guards in the league. Uh, that's something that we knew, but drawing praise from a Hall of Famer like that is always really awesome. Um, this is where it makes me nervous, Goose, on committing to Lonzo Ball being uh, a key factor in doing what we're trying to do, which is make a run in the playoffs. Um, everybody else who's banged up around him is my main concern here. He's trying to get back, and obviously we'll have that update on tomorrow or Wednesday, but he's trying to get back, and he's got guys like Zach who isn't at 100%, and Caruso who mispracticed. It's not a super big deal. Um, he will play tomorrow, but still a back issue. It was a back issue today. If anybody has back issues, and I know you do and I do, God damn, that sucks. So um, I would love to say he's going to make a big difference when he comes back. I'm just kind of doubting it right now just because of everybody going through what they're currently going through. Um, but, yeah, I hope it really works out for him. Matt Berklin is in here, our boy Burke, and he actually goes, what about Kobe White on Saturday? And he put bad vibes. Uh, Burke, I wish I could show you my screen right now. I might just take a picture. Actually, I'm going to do this live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I'm going to take a picture of, of uh, this and send it to Burke. So I have Kobe White's last five games pulled up here. Burke basically read my mind. Um can you guess his averages? Do you want to take a chance, or do you just want me to fucking rattle them off? You tell uh, me. I'll go with eight points, two assists, three rebounds, 38, 25, 80 shooting. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Did, I, did I over or undershoot? Let's, let's see. Okay. Here we go. Kobe White's last five games for the Chicago Bulls. He is averaging 5.6 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 1.6 assists. In his last five, he is shooting a, oh my God, 26.2% from the field and 8.3% from downtown. You heard me right. 8.3% from downtown. I knew it was bad because I've been watching. Um, and and if you want and in the Clippers game is probably the only reason he has any points there Um, (laughs) because outside of that I don't recall him having even like a game where you're like oh he hit a shot Um, in the Clippers game he was off a fresh fade so I thought he was going to have that post haircut confidence and show out fucking aerodynamic yeah it's just um, that is rough Yeah. holy Shit. That, that's really bad. And I go back and I got to eat crow here. I have to. I go back to the NBA trade deadline and I was animate. Animate the whole time. I did not want to move him because of the bench scoring I thought he was going to provide because we saw the slow start, but then we saw the resurgence. And then all of a sudden it became fucking streaky. And it's just like this. It's like this carousel, but it's not like, you know how the horse will go up. This carousel is just digging itself into hell. And I don't know what's happening with him. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look confident. And it's really unfortunate because I thought we had gotten to a point in the season where he was like, you know what? I am 
the sixth man. Okay. I am the guy that needs to give this team scoring off the bench right now. I don't think he knows what he is and it's showing in his play. And, and unfortunately with Kobe, this has been the tale of the tape since he's been drafted is his lack of definition of a role or what he's supposed to be and do uh, continues to rear its ugly head. Um, I mean, the only thing I could think of is like mentally is he just messed up with the fact that without Caruso and Zoe, that they went with a rookie to start over him, that he went from this lottery potential starter, and now he's just being looked at as the guy that hits his threes, gets minutes, doesn't hit his threes, isn't going to get any minutes. And like, is he feeling the clamps of that? Like, because in his post game, he pretty much said they're good shots. They're shots Billy wants me to take. The the issue would be if I'm not talk, taking these shots. And it's the truth because it's the only reason you're on the floor is to take those shots and to be there as a spacer. Um, but when teams are no longer going to honor you as a spacer and they're going to double off of you, the defense that you bring is really just not doing anything for this team. And it's just, it's really hard to watch. Yeah, and Burke actually just put a really good point in here. So I have to actually shout out a guy. Um, I saw this, and Burke is the one who just brought it up as well. Um, this dude named Pat, the designer, put this on Twitter. That's where I saw it. I was not able to watch the, the post-game press conferences. Um, as Berkland just pointed out here, Kobe White, I have to, I'm just putting Berkland's fucking comment up on the screen. I just, it's fucking, he's 100% right. The, Berkland just says the MFR is 0 for 9 and was watching the UNC game in the middle of the presser instead of facing the music. That, I, I agree with Burke here. That looks like shit. He's sitting there clapping after a performance like that. He's sitting there clapping, thinking about his old college. You, listen, I don't know what UNC paid you. I know it ain't. it's not what the Bulls are paying you, number one. So you need to put on a little bit of a fucking serious face here for a moment. I'm not saying you can't be happy about your alma mater, but I agree with Burke. That, that no, is, the timing of that is very poor. Obviously, yeah. he doesn't get to decide when that game is on. Um, but at the same time, to have a performance like that in a loss like that for your team that is playing somebody that you very well could be placing facing in the playoffs here very shortly, the way the East standings are just up and down right. uh, at the top there, is a little like, dude, like, are you out partying during this UNC March Madness run? Is that what's going on? Is are you just like Porter Juniorring it? Are you going just, out to the clubs? Are you just OPJing it up and you're just like not mentally here? Like, are we getting the opposite of February Lowry? We're getting March Kobe? Like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> no, like, I I, I, I'm trying to find a correlation because, like you, I was happy that Cody Kobe made it through the trade deadline. Like, yeah, me too. I was stoked yeah. because. Even Kevin Durant, although I guess Kevin Durant praised Antonio Blakeney at one point too. Um, now you can be dynamic. That Antonio Blakeney was so dynamic. He got. He, he could, we, we might actually need an Antonio Blakeney <laughs> if Kobe White keeps playing this way. No, we, we might need Antonio Blakeney services. Yeah, um, I, I don't know about all that, man. No, people will just start quitting. No. <laughs> Antonio Blakeney passes the ball less in general than Donovan Mitchell passes the ball to Rudy Gobert. Oh, God. Hey, I saw some fun. We got to talk about that shit, too, man. Thank you, P-Bodes. Uh, welcome home. Thank you. I'm glad to be home, brother. I'll tell you later about that whole extravagant extravaganza. There, I dropped some words there. But, yeah, I, I want to – Burke's going to have an article on Kobe White. Um, it's going to be released shortly over at ontapsports.com. Don't forget to check that out. Plug for my boy there. Um, but I want to kind of talk about what you touched on. 
I do think it's a mental aspect because even what Burke just put in the chat about him going hard for the UNC game. And then you had talking about, man, am I going to have fucking minutes in this rotation once Lonzo ball gets back? Am I going to have minutes? It kind of looks like that's in the back of his mind and he's blocking that. It's real. It's realistic, but he's blocking that negative energy out of his mind by, you know, paying attention to other things like North Carolina basketball, instead of like Burke said, facing the music here. Like he is looking, if Zoe does return, and he's playing this way. And the one thing that we have that he does good, or well, that he was doing good, what he was doing well was scoring. Now he's not doing that. Because well, he, is he had still nothing. shooting despite this stretch. Isn't he still like 37, 38% from three on the year? What, what is he on the year? Yeah. I'm I'll pretty check. sure I'll, he's still I'll check right um, now. hovering around that kind of elite tier, which is baffling given the struggles he's had. Yeah, it's it's actually you're you're hundred percent right. So in the 2020. Uh, one 2022 NBA season, Kobe White is averaging 12.6 points per game. And if you know how he started off, that's a fucking jump in itself. I'm serious. I mean, we can all sit here and talk about his first two, three weeks of, of him getting minutes and how terrible it was until he kind of woke up and had that stretch of amazing uh, basketball that he played. But 12.6 points per game, three boards, three assists in 58 games this season. He is shooting 43% from the field, which we can kind of figure that, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to shoot fucking 80% of his shots are coming from three point line. Right. So, um, and he's still shooting 37.4% from downtown. So this shows that he was actually doing well at one point. And no, he, he had to be doing time. exceptionally well at one point to right. have anything like that in there. Because look at the, look at the numbers, because like you said, we, we, we can tell everybody what he shoots and how he does it. So he shoots, 10.6 uh, field goals a game, 5.8 of which are three-pointers. They're from downtown. So that's more than half of his shots are coming from down from the behind the three-point line. So at one point, he was on fire. Like, he was literally doing some things that you were know, like... I, if I went great. through my tweets, the amount of tweets that I have praising Kobe for timely fourth-quarter threes from somebody doubling onto DeMar and leaving him open... Uh, the amount of games that he's kept us in and kept us relevant is is baffling. And like people just said, 13 points. Like, I would not – we haven't seen 13 points from Kobe in what? I, uh, I, I, I could literally games? grab it. I could re- literally grab it right now. So. Um, so, like, no, to see that he's still averaging this despite what we've watched and, like, what you feel watching is – it's mind-blowing. And, and – so- uh, May 20, uh, I'm sorry, not May, March, my bad, March 24th, uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans in 29 minutes of a game. I, um, that was the away game there. 23 points he scored in that game. He added six assists in that one. That was the last time he scored over 12 points in a game, was back on March 24th. The time before that, the last time he got double digits before that was uh, March 18th with 14 points. He has been wildly inconsistent over his last 15 games. Um, I could rattle off. He had three. Oh, my God. His last 15 games, three points, 19 points, eight, nine, 13, 12, 14, two, five, 23, zero, six, nine, 11, and two. So his last 15 games, he's averaging 9.1 points per game, three boards, three assists, um, he is shooting 36% from the field and he is shooting 27.5% from downtown his last 15 games. That is abysmal. That is horrible. Yeah. So that's absolutely 
insane um, how you watched a dynamic shift of where he was at to where he is now. And I'm not sure what caused it. I don't know. Once again, Burke up in the chat, I agree with him. Instead of watching a game, he should be in the gym going for an extra shoot around. I agree. I don't know if that's going to help him. I don't know what helps Kobe White. Um, but I, I do agree. If that was me, I'd be trying to work on my craft because I don't want to – like, this is the first team that he has had in the NBA that is ready to do something here. And, and, and really, because I don't care. Like, if it's not going to be a championship, I, I think you and I can both say, and everybody in this chat, I don't think the Bulls are winning a championship right now. There's been too many trials and tribulations this season. I was talking shit earlier thinking they can get there. I, I don't know. I don't think that happens right now. A lot of obstacles that were in the way. But for guys like Zach Levine – and Kobe White that it that made it through the Garpax era of leaving and made it to this moment. I wouldn't be doing what he was doing either. And I, I have to agree with Berkland. No, the way that you just framed that to have come from the teams that you were on in the previous years and to still be wearing that jersey, unlike most of the guys that have been traded or let go, you should be more focused in right now. This is the playoff stretch. It may right. not count as playoff games, but this is the playoff stretch. You're right. supposed to be playing playoff caliber basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're supposed to be getting hot. Um, the Celtics are getting hot. Well, especially um, in the Eastern Conference, that is so, I mean, cutthroat over here. It's cutthroat. You can't, there's not like, oh, this guy's going to sit because we know. Like, people are still improving their seating. Like, it's not a joke. They're still trying to fucking make some stuff happen here. They can be clinched, but they're trying to improve their seating. Like, the play-in is locked in. But it's not like those players are going to stop fucking playing. Kevin Durant's not going to be sitting. They want to improve the seating. So, I mean, and that's a real thing. So, this is not a walk in the park by any means necessary for the Chicago Bulls right now. they got to get their shit together. And you'd think, again, these guys would be taking it seriously. I know we spent a lot of time on Kobe White, but I really think he was an integral part of success for us. Oh, no, he is. Without Zoe's volume three-point shooting, you need Io and Kobe to make up for what Zoe does in one. Um, and Io has been doing his job there, uh, being the two-way player that he is and being consistent in what he does for the most part, uh, scoring more than Kobe in the last five games, surely. Um, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I guess if we want to shift to something positive, we can talk about how Pat's played. Yeah. <laughs> I just typed it in. Yeah, I, I just typed it in. So, yeah, let, let's talk about the positivity of Patrick Williams being too honest for his own good. Let's start with that, about him being late to shoot around and telling the press about that and how DeMar DeRozan was like, no, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just shut up. And he felt like, but you know what I loved about that moment? He felt genuinely bad about it. Like, he told the press about it. You know it was on his mind. Like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm going to get a fine. I I mispracticed. I let my teammates down. And what does he do the next game? He comes out and he does some shit. He does some shit. His last two games, fuck it. I'll even say back to the Washington game. His last three games. He has shown some things that I've been calling for for, for a long time out of him. I know he just returned, but I'm going back to his rookie season. He can move without the ball. He can go either way with the ball. He could spot up, shoot, and he could put bitches on a poster. He's oh, no, got it. Poster he had other night. Somebody got full hand on the ball, and he still shoved it through. He still put it in. It's all up here in the mind with Pat. 
the being timid that, oh, it's not my team or, oh, it's that. No, 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 no. He needs to get to a point, which I think he's starting to get to and realizing this is what I need to do. This is how I need to do it. This is how I need to believe in myself to get the job done. And do you think I, there's any correlation to Billy dropping the gauntlet? I hundred percent. hundred percent. He has to earn his minutes. A lot of people hate on Billy, but that's, I, I give Billy a hundred percent credit for that. He, Billy did put it on the tables. Like if you're going to go out there and do nothing, what, what, like, it's like a Kobe white situation. If you're just going to stand there and do nothing, what the fuck am I playing you for? I'll play a dog like Javante green in your spot. Cause maybe, you know what Javante is going to give you right. limited skill sets at all. So, I mean, that's a real thing. I think that happened to Patrick Williams where he's like, wow. Like, I don't think that he took it for granted. I think maybe Pat thought it was going to come to him more than it did. But like he, he thought that he thought his minutes restriction was just his minutes restriction. And that as soon as that was gone, like it was just going to be. Yeah, right. I'm going out and there and I'm doing what I got to do. Billy made that clear. And it was like, no, 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 no. You, you actually have to show me something now that you're back uh, to give me the confidence to do that. And that Clippers game w- without Pat in that fourth quarter um, and in overtime. That was huge. huge. I, I, arguably, I mean, I, God, it's hard to say. He was the most important player on the fucking floor when you have DeMar DeRozan dropping a 50-piece in that game. But, I mean, honestly, you kind know, of was. You, get, you know you get that from DeMar. Right. Pat, what Pat added in those moments is what has been missing in these moments. Consistency in anything from somebody else not named DeMar DeRozan in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And Pat yeah. gave that to you. Um, both in the fourth and in overtime. And what we saw defensively and on the boards as well, he's actually being aggressive on the boards. Like, holy shit. I know. I know. Last three games, seven boards, 12 boards, six boards. Again, that that is very huge for what we're trying to do because when he gets a board, he can lead a break. He can get the ball out to whoever wants to control, but he can bring the ball up the floor too. And that was a big thing, especially in the Clippers game, Goose, because he kind of took a little bit of pressure off DeMar – for a minute and, and took a little bit of pressure off of Zach. And that is something that needs to click into his head to go forward for him to take that step where I'm not like, fuck, give me J- Jeremy Grant. Somebody who's going to at least try to take the pressure off to stop this ISO ball nonsense. When it isn't working for those two, someone needs to help them. I thought it would be Vooch and Vooch has his moments, but for some reason the bulls don't like to play inside. It, it, they don't. And, and then they don't like to move without the ball when they do. They're a different team, but Patrick Williams showed me some things in the last three games that if he can keep it up, I'm pretty optimistic of what the Bulls can do with the last four or five games they have left in the regular season. I I really am. No, Pat definitely has been the silver lining um, in that Miami loss just because he gave a really good effort in that game as well. Uh, Came out aggressive early, kind of had the Bulls flirting around with hanging around in that game until it got kind of late and just got out of hand. Yeah. Um, so, no, I think Pat's ability and finally showing us the things that most of us thought he was capable of and could do as long as he continues to improve on this this stretch and this confidence gets built, um, you can build him up the next five games here before the playoffs. I think that's an underrated aspect that not a lot of teams, A, have a lot of film for, or B, are really going to be preparing for as much as it's obvious you need to stop tomorrow, you need to stop Zach. Right. Um, so yeah. if Pat can start to step up here and, you know, take over some of that scoring that we're not getting off of the bench, um, it, it helps the team all around. Right. I, I 100% agree with that. Um, now, there was something fun that you brought up earlier about 
Donovan Mitchell not, you know, freezing Rudy Gobert out. I don't know if you saw this. I, I saw a little piece of this while I was on vacation. Um, Casey Johnson said they were looking at players maybe possibly like that, not that they were interested, um, not or not that they were, like, going to go full balls to the wall after them. But there was a couple names that popped up in Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton. As you know, DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Suns, did not come to a deal. Uh, the, the marriage between Rudy Gobert and Utah has been – I think less than desirable ever since he kind of made it a joke about COVID and touched everything. And I felt like that was kind of the down. Well, do you remember that interview where he just went and he touched everything? Yeah. And then he fucking walked out and then like, literally what was it a day later? It was just like breaking news. The world <laughs> is ending. Yeah. The world's ending. So um, Rudy <laughs> thanks Rudy. You dick, but yeah, that's so, the I mean, microphone, you asshole. I know you, you, I blame him wholeheartedly for the whole thing, anyway. Uh, but you know, they, they were kind of talking about that, and I was just kind of, uh, yeah, exactly. Ron just put in the fucking chat, then he got COVID, and the season just shuts down right after it, as, as well as the world. Um, unfortunately, we lived through that. Um, I just want to ask you, which one for shits and giggles? I mean, of the two, I'm taking DeAndre eight. hundred percent. Me too. Okay. All right. That's, You're right. That's not a question to me. That's you would be mad about Goberto, right? Oh God. You. Oh wow. I didn't see that coming from you. You love defense in the. You love a defensive guy in, in the middle. I, I want a defensive guy in the middle, but I don't think that being that one. I don't think that's the. What has it done for the Jazz? Does just magically coming out of Utah, Goberto like, is now um, going to be a better defensive player of the year candidate? Like. But don't you feel like that's what they're missing? I mean, Aiton brings. I mean, Aiton brings that and what? scoring. So I, I, yeah, I get it. I was just, I was surprised you sighed because I think that Rudy kind of, while I'm not sure how he would operate within the offense, um, I know what. So he would would Rudy do pick and roll, fantastic. I, I just, um, I just don't know how he would work operating in the same space of like a Demar Derozan. Or, or somebody like that. Well, yeah, you know? so, so that's kind of my thinking here: is you have somebody in Vucevic who can score from everywhere yeah, on the floor. His, his three-point percentage has sucked this year, and it's up and down, and it sucks, and it hurts to watch. Right. But in general, teams respect him as somebody that can make a shot from anywhere on the floor. Yeah, that's fair. Go, yeah. Gobert's not that guy. Right. So if we're not having success with Vuce, and obviously our issues are somewhat defensive, but we don't have Lonzo, I just don't think that. Trading Vooch to match salary and throwing other things in there to get Gobert. I've seen people suggesting trading Levine in Vooch. Rio Barrett about fucking jumped out my window. I, luckily, I only live did, in a one-story house. Did that happen? What? Someone said trade Vooch and Levine for Gobert? Yes. Get the fuck out of here. Go on Bulls Twitter. I promise you it's there. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to because I don't want to get in the mud tonight. I really don't. I had a long day. I, I, I literally went on my lunch break. I was on Twitter for less than a minute, and I saw Vooch, Zach, and Kobe for Gobert and Jordan Clarkson. And uh, yeah, that'll make us just instantly fucking better, won't it? That that's really dumb, actually. That's well, yeah, you know, because Zach and Jordan Clarkson are comparable, and Gobert solves all of our other issues. So, <laughs> wow, I would have never thought to give Jordan Clarkson the keys to a fucking franchise before, but hey, hey but, might, but we have DeRozan now; it's his team. So at 32, 33 years old. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That, that's fucking nuts to me. I, I don't like shitting on people's takes, but that's a bad one. I don't like that one at all. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not on the Rudy Gobert train. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I ever will be. Um, that's definitely fair. 
maybe I'm uneducated in that sense, but I just don't want Rudy Gobert on my team. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm looking at their stats comparably right now. Um, obviously, we know what Rudy Gobert brings. We just we just told everybody this year he's having a he's having a really good year. Uh, he's averaging 15.3 points per game, 14.7 boards, uh, um, and, and 2.1 blocks per game on a 73% uh, true shooting percentage. Uh, that's great. Um, and that's without Donovan passing him the ball. Right, he lives in the paint. Um, obviously, you know, that that's what he does. Uh, very high shooting percentages, uh, especially true shooting percentage because of that. Um, then we have DeAndre Ayton. Um, you look at DeAndre Ayton, he's averaging 17.1 uh, points per game, 10.2 boards, 1.4 assists per game. Um, his last five games, not doing great in the blocks. He is good defensively. He can move, but he's not even averaging a block a game, uh, but he can stretch the floor. He's do you aver- think he's legitimately going to be available, or do you think they're waiting to see how this season plays out in terms of their championship hopes to see whether or not they lock that in? Are you talking about, which, who are you talking about? Aiden. Oh, Aiden over in Phoenix? Yeah, I think that they kind of they 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 look at how this goes. That that's how I think it's going to go this year. They're going to see. He's a restricted free agent. They had right. no reason to throw him the bag, not knowing how this season plays out. They have a right to match, my friend, yes. and that's why everybody threw a huge fit about him not resigning. They're like, "Oh my God, he's leaving!" Listen, restricted free agency can get scary. We we've seen that firsthand when Sacramento put in their claim for uh, Zach all those years ago, but. This is this is the thing here. Restricted free agency gives that team that drafted you or whatever you know whatever team you're on with, with that contract to match those rights or to match that contract to keep you there. So it's not a for sure thing he's hitting free agency or anything like that. I do think Gobert is personally moved because there's well, go Gobert, Gobert or Mitchell will not be in Utah, Utah next year. They one, one of the two, one of the two will be, be gone. Yeah, one of the two will be gone for sure. But yeah, I I think that they're going to see how it goes. Um, Again, I, I'm kind of with you on the DeAndre Ayton to the scoring, but when I look at the scoring of the Chicago Bulls right now, and I look at that up and down, I'm not worried about them scoring. I'm worried about defense. So I think this was one of the first times we might differ. I don't like Rudy Gobert. I don't like his little attitude, but I like the fact that he is a defensive player of the year candidate. And I like the fact that he – no one wants to fuck with him in the paint. And I like that because the Bulls get killed there. And I, you know, I think that helps Pat out. Is Gobert your Giannis stopper? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, I don't know about that. I mean, probably knock Giannis on his ass, you know. But I, I don't so know. About I that. guess for me, I like Vooch better than the two options you're presenting me with. Even eight. Um, even eight. I like Vooch better than eight. At least for next season. I mean, long term, obviously, that's a completely different conversation. Oh, are, you, are you talking? You're you're factoring in contracts too. That's what I'm you're factoring in our current situation, what yeah. we have in front of us. For next year, I don't think unless you're moving a Zach or a Demar with Vooch to get somebody that's in that top five, top ten of the NBA, that you're really making that much of an improvement over Vucevic in terms of centers with double doubles. He's in the top five. In terms of guys that can do everything, he's in the top five. Like Vooch is a great center. It's our team success that has made Vooch look like a piece of shit. Well, you see. You see, this is why it's fun with our opinions now where you would stay or you'd go eight and over go bears. Why I go go bears because they're different, right? They're, they bring different things to the table here. All right. Vooch, though he has a 54% true shooting percentage compared to eight and 65%. He's averaging more points. He's grabbed more boards. He's got more assists. He's got just as many blocks. That's, that's the truth. That is the truth. So 
I'm surprised you still picked him over Aiton because of uh, him being younger, but I understand the contract situations, the money the Bulls are going to have to play with, with a certain Nikola Jokic maybe being available. Uh, who knows? I'm not sure. But, yeah, I don't know what they do, but I just thought it was kind of fun to talk about. You know, who would you rather have or or, or what would make the team better? And I, I kind of want a defensive anchor because we can't stop shit. Well, you know what makes this team better? Lonzo Ball. I know. Lonzo Ball is the savior. And, I mean, um, I don't think that people – look at the Boston Celtics. The first half of the season, they were shit. They right. were struggling. You make a move for somebody like Derek White, who can play great point-of-attack defense, can hit the three, keeps everybody involved, keeps everybody happy. The Celtics haven't lost, like – what are they, like they don't, six games? They don't – no, yeah, break? They, like, they don't lose anymore. They don't lose anymore. <laughs> A volume three-point shooter that can hit 40-plus percent of his shots that can play a lead point of attack defense is not somebody that can be replaced. Not by AO's emergence, emergence, not by Kobe being streaky enough to steal you some games at certain parts of the year. It, it, it does not make up for Lonzo Ball. The things that Lonzo fixes for this team makes Vooch's deficiencies defensively a little less minor. Um and really, I, I genuinely believe that that Lonzo's okay. injury has been the worst thing that happened to us all year. Yeah, and it's definitely a fair take. Um, to your Boston comment, real quick, uh, <laughs> they've lost four games since the break. That's it. I think the Bulls have won like six since the break. Boston's only lost four. Yeah, we we flip flopped. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we got them on Wednesday off a of back to back. After we play tomorrow night, I'll be in attendance with my buddy Juice against the defending champ Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night. So the Bulls have some shit coming up, man. They got yeah, some no, the, shit. The Bulls are back to having the, the toughest schedule to finish the season. God, and it's brutal. It's brutal. So we are going to play Milwaukee, and of course, of course, the basketball gods had to put us on ESPN against Milwaukee why again. TNT. Like, why, why can we go back to TNT? We need some TNT Bulls fucking magic right now. Because God hates me. I've told you this on the show a million times. That's the truth. That's why he does this. That's why he delayed my flight. And that's why he put the Bulls on against Milwaukee on ESPN. But we have Milwaukee on Tuesday, okay? On Wednesday, we have Boston. Both at home. Friday, I'll be at the game again. I get to see LaMelo Ball in person for the first time. I'm very excited. Uh, against Charlotte on Friday. And then we end the regular season. They finally gave us the time today. Uh, 7.30 on Sunday night against Minnesota, who is playing some fucking basketball over there. No, um, Carl Anthony Towns has got, got a mean streak to him now. Patrick Beverly unlocked whatever was inside of Cat. And I know people look at Patrick Beverly like just a role player and whatever. Give him, give him a blank check and just tell him, you know, pay yourself what you want. Do it off the books if you have to so it doesn't affect the salary cap. Because whatever Patrick Beverly did to Carl Anthony Towns is unfucking believable. He put some Chicago in that kid, and that and oh. he's fucking mean now, and I like it. I well, no, I hate I, it for me. You saw him jarring at LeBron. You everybody, like, everybody. This is not the same man that we've seen previously. No, no. You got a taste of winning, and Patrick Beverly is behind him, and there's no stopping that man now. I'll tell you what. A lot of people ripped on that fucking roster. You know, they, they said it wasn't going to work with D'Lo, with, with Ant, you know, and then Anthony Edwards coming over because, you know, Anthony Edwards, he, I got to watch him in person this year and I'm 
fucking so blessed for that, having these tickets, because I swear to God, he's going to be the best player in the NBA in like two years. I don't see any, maybe two, three years. I don't care about Durant well, being there. the best interview in the NBA. Oh, yeah, he's a fucking hysterical already, absolutely. But, I mean, this dude is something else. Um, but this is going to be a really hard game for the Bulls. These last four games are going to be extremely, extremely difficult. And going into the uh, fucking playoffs – this could be a morale killer, or this could be, like you pointed out earlier, the time to get hot in a rocket ship being strapped to your back. <laughs> the Bulls no, are I mean, in charge of their destiny there. It is there. crazy how different it is if you steal a couple of these games against these teams that everybody's saying you can't beat. Yeah. Um, you give yourself that confidence going into the playoffs. You just you change the narrative that quickly. The, the Clippers game, we're back on a positive. We're riding that. Yeah. R50 piece, convincing overtime win, despite the fact that PG didn't play in overtime. And then you have the Miami game, and you're like, oh, shit, back to reality. No, nope, we're not ready. Can't do it. Not good. Um, and this is the chance. Um, with, with, you know, this opportunity at hand, they, they got to steal a couple games. They got to get the confidence going, because going into a playoff series with this kind of momentum is you're going to get swept. You might steal a game and you're going home. One, two, three, Cancun. God damn. So th- it's funny because we, as we look at the teams, the Milwaukee, Boston, Charlotte, and Minnesota, okay, you've got Charlotte and Brooklyn locked into the plan. They cannot be caught, okay? This playoff thing is set now. It's set. Bulls could still fall into the plan, okay? That's not over yet. If they lose these last four games in a row, please no. that's where they're going. No. Um, no, I'll go there. So with that being said, you're going to play against a Charlotte team who's fighting to improve seating, okay? Because it's true. That's what they're going to try to do. Uh, you're you're going to be playing against <clears throat> a Boston team that is only two games behind of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference to Miami. You're playing against Milwaukee, who's only two and a half games out of the number one seed. So unless these teams want to dictate their seeds and just fucking pull out and be like, bug it, you know, we're cool where we're at, they're going to come out and they're going to play hard because that number one seed's up for grabs. That It is. Does anybody actually want the one seed? Because I don't it, know. But all signs still point to Brooklyn. But I guess after the play-in, they're not going to be at eight. Well, th- well, this is, th- this is the thing here, okay? Whoever sees Brooklyn – they, they did a really great segment on this on ESPN today. I was watching on my phone on the plane. It's a, it's a new show or newer show I've never watched. It's called like uh, This Just In or something like that. But they did like a great deep dive on Brooklyn's defense and how fucking terrible it is. And they were talking about Ben Simmons. And like, I know he hasn't played in 10 months and all that stuff. And is he going to be ready? Because he's been ruled out for the play-in. He is not playing in the play-in now. And, what and is you and I, on? I don't know. But when you and I, when we last talked about it, I, we were not under the assumption, but I guess we assumed that that's when he would be coming back near playoff time, maybe last four or five games of regular season, get some, you know, get some, uh, you know, experience under you with the new team real quick and then and ride in. But now he's not playing this play in Brooklyn's not nearly as scary. These guys can't get it together. And you can have, if Kevin Durant's dropping 55 fucking points and you're losing, I don't know what to tell you. And but they do have full time Kyrie, but that's not doing shit right now for them either. They're they're struggling a bit. Brooklyn lost some games that they needed to win, so I'm not really. They're another team that can pour on the points, but they can't stop you. 
that's the thing. Like you look at Miami or you look at Milwaukee, fuck you. You look at Boston and Philly, the top four teams. And of course I've just excluded the five seed Chicago bulls here, but it's the truth. Those teams can score and they've been showing you with their play as of late that they can stop you. Look at the point differential between the bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. 0.3 points per game is the point differential for the bulls right now. Same with Brooklyn. Look at Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston. 4.3 for Miami, 6.9 for Boston, 3 for uh, Milwaukee, and 2.4 for Philly. Also to throw in. Lot, I know we've played a lot of close games. I didn't think it was that close. Look, if you, yeah, if you go to the standings, you can see the differentials. That's what that is. And, and looking at that, that's fu- it's fucking alarming, man. No, the, we've, we've made it by by the hair in our chins. And I, yeah. I know a lot of those games where we were hurt and DeMar was willing us to victory that they were one, two, three point victories. But that is the that Bulls is- are scoring 11, uh, 11, 111.7 points per game right now. And they're letting up uh, 111.4. That's that's fucking nuts, dude. Like Boston, you want to talk about the turnaround of the century of what they've done? They are getting 1100, uh, 111.2 points per game and only letting up 104.3 right now. No, you have people talk, well, who do you trade, Tatum or Brown? Neither of them, motherfucker. Look at oh, them. yeah. Let uh, them gel. They're young. <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing with the NBA. And you know what? Carl Anthony Towns and Zach said it perfectly. They didn't get a chance in Minnesota to really – do something over there with Wiggins and shit. Maybe Wiggins would have been moved eventually. I think I think Wiggins was the wrench in that issue. Yeah, but I mean, it's just if you look at it, they they could have done something. That's the thing with the NBA; these people don't want things to gel. Like everybody who made fun of Philly, and I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. The trust the process shit. Like Embiid will be gone. Fuck him. He ain't gonna do shit. Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons. Well, Fuck I mean, you. I mean, I mean, in a sense. Well, were they wrong about the last two you just mentioned there? Well, no, I just didn't realize that Joel Embiid was because he was hurt so often. No, I yeah, I, I mean, didn't realize he'd become God. I did not think that in uh, 2022 that we would be talking about him as an MVP and probably you know one of the front runners for contenders in the NBA championship. I mean, it's just absolutely wild. You know, I mean, like the patience aspect with young teams is important. Uh, where the Bulls are at right now. There's not a lot of patience that we can afford to have. You have your arguably, we can argue about it, arguably your best player coming up on a contract here in Zach Levine. You have an aging DeMar DeRozan. You have an aging Nikola Vucevic. But you surrounded them with younger guys, younger talent that are still here on the team that can contribute at a high level. Bulls are sitting in a good spot, but like with this currently constructed roster is why I was so animate at the, at the trade deadline to do something to win. And I'm glad that I'm not the GM of this team and that our Taurus and, and Mark are because after all the injuries piled on, it doesn't matter who you would have fucking got that really derailed the season. I think for us, and I don't know again, if we were going to be championship contenders or not, but that, that's where we sit right now. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I, we won't have a post game tomorrow cause I will be at the game. I usually don't go during the weekday, but we got hooked up with some really awesome tickets. Um, I think I'm going to sit like the closest I've ever sat in my life. I've only sat in the 100 level one time in my life at the United center. I'm a, I'm a 300 level rat. That is where I belong. Uh, I'm, you know, that's just where I've been my whole life. I've only been the 200 level twice. So I'm going to be close tomorrow. I'm excited. So we won't have a post game tomorrow, but uh, you know, we will have one on Wednesday um, after the bulls play Boston. So 
Let's hope these next two days go real well. I don't really have much else. If you have anything you want to talk about, let's let's make it happen. No, I mean, I just hope that when we talk Wednesday, we're not still talking about a losing streak, that we steal at least one of these two games. I'm not, not confident um, in winning both, but I really, as fans, we really need to see this team um, come out swinging and take one from one of these teams that you could very well be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you for joining us. I know we went a little early tonight. If you want to stay on the YouTube channel, subscribe. The Cubs show will be coming up here very shortly with Ron Luce, Juice, and those dudes. They'll be talking some Cubs baseball. So if you want to stick around for that, go ahead. Uh, they put on a great show over there. So check them out. Be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap at on Tap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bullscripted, me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review. You already know why, because that's cool and tough. Again, subscribe to the YouTube channel, on Tap Sportsnet YouTube channel. If you are a betting person, go to betrivers.com. Use promo code on tap during your initial signup. They will match up to $250 of your first deposit using promo code on tap. That's Goose's gift to you. They will get you'll have five hundred dollars. I mean, who who doesn't like free money? You like free money, Goose? I like free money. He likes free money. So please go do that. We'll be back on Wednesday after the Bulls take on the Boston Celtics and God willing a victory in one of these two games against Milwaukee and Boston. Let's go, Bulls. <laughs>